0: Hello, everybody. Well, we're in that most dreaded of things, the international break. Uh, I'm Andy Kelly. I'm joined by Ian Doyle. I'm joined by Christian Walsh. We're here to give you a bit of uh, a Liverpool FC fix while the team aren't playing. Uh, sadly, we're going to have to start on a bit of a downbeat note and look back to St. Mary's on Sunday. Massive opportunity, obviously, gone uh, for the Reds there. Doyle, you were down at St. Mary's Um where did you see that game going at half-time? Did you have any concerns that uh, Liverpool uh, could come out and, and, and sort of see what happened in the second half happen?
1: The only concern is that it was way too easy. They had so many chances to make it you know, 3-0, 4-0, possibly even 5-0 that you always thought you know, apparently 2-0 is the worst lead to have, the most dangerous lead to have, and that's the way it proved. I mean, there were a couple of signs that Southampton were getting a bit better towards half-time, but there was nothing to suggest that the were going to you know, score three goals and Liverpool weren't going to score any because if any team looked like they were going to score again, it was Liverpool. And ultimately, it all came down to the substitutions at halftime. You know, Southampton made two good ones of bringing on Wanyama and, uh, and Mane, who were two of their better players. And then you know, Jurgen Klopp decided that perhaps Dejan Lovren was heading towards a red card, took him off, and it was more the fact that he brought on Martin Skirtle than bringing on Kolo Toure. That that's, that's turned the game, you know, within... I think within a couple of minutes, smart Skill picks up a yellow card, which is the one thing that club didn't want uh, Lovren to do. And then from that moment on, really, there was only ever going to be one winner.
0: Did when you half time, did you w- were you thinking in your head that Lovren could be on a red here, uh, or had it not even entered your head? Which is perfectly possible to watch the game, a defender get a booking and not be thinking, "Oh, he's going to see red here."
1: I wasn't thinking he was. I just assumed he was injured. Basically, I think everybody in the press box assumed he was injured. It was only afterwards when speaking to Jurgen Klopp that he said well you know I, I took him off because I could you know he could feel the emotion occasion go back to Southampton but I don't think anybody thought he was, he was going to get subbed at any point to be honest well, what I would say about
2: that though is that you know we all saw him depart um, the pitch and then 15 minutes is a long time who knows what happened in the dressing room maybe he's taking him to one side or the chat with him you know talking to him and he's sort of not getting through to him or we don't know what went on at the half time break and whether Jürgen Klopp's spoken to Dejan Lovren and engaged, you know, while on the pitch he seems like he, he's okay and he's 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 on a yellow but it's not too threatening. When he's got him back in the in the dressing room, if he's been wound up and if he's been, you know, pacing the pacing the halls or whatever maybe that's influenced his decision
0: as well. Well, I mean, I've said this before, I th- I think the manager has got a blind spot when it comes to Kolo Turi, because uh, we've seen him in press conference before and in other interviews where he talks about, especially when the Liverpool centre-backs were, quite a few of them were injured, and he, and he goes through them and he talks about them, and then he always he always says, oh, and then there's Kolo, as if he's separate to the centre-backs. And actually, Colo when he's played this season for me, as, as, you know, we're all aware that there's a that there are, Times through a whole season, if he was sent back, where he'd get caught out. But I think he's done remarkably well this season, not to get caught out. And you know that fantastic tackle against Aguero at uh, Anfield is one of my highlights of the season. I don't see why you don't bring in Colo whenever the fella you are bringing in, because you've got concerns about a red card. Got a red card in his last game for the under twenty ones. True,
1: but well, I think it was in just in the. Context of that game, Dejan Love, I mean, otherwise, if you always thought a player was going to get sent off, you'd never pick him. I mean, I don't think anybody was particularly concerned at the time or raised eyebrows that Mike Skirtle came on. Everyone just thought it was. Ooh, you know. not sure about that, you know. Well, I'd, I'd say he's still your senior centre back. He's been out, for, he's out for three months. last play. time you saw well, him, in the shirt. He, he was getting destroyed by Agarlo and Dini. True, but he's got to play at some point. And if you bring him on at a game where you're winning 2 0. You know, it's like... I think you'd rather see him start uh, from the
2: start, if you see what I mean. I know circumstance dictated that wasn't possible, but it was a big ask for him as well to, to come back into that environment to 2-0. He's on a and often, really, isn't he? Because... You know, he, he plays well for four five minutes and he don't concede. Well, fair enough, but Lovren um, didn't either. We, we,
0: should, we shouldn't put it all on Martin Skrull. I know he was he obviously gave the penalty away, which didn't prove I, costly. I made mistakes for the other two goals, but it wasn't his fault. It, no, he, he was... I know. I know. He, you know, he wasn't... There were several events in both goals where you can point to other players as well. First goal, Flanagan and Chan, both, you know, in a bit of a model. Um... The final goal, Skrull and Allen, I think it was... That came from Mignolet's kick as well. From Mignolet's kick, uh, yeah, exactly. So I don't think we can put it all on Martin Skrull for all that, you know, he was... uh, People jumped on him because he was one of the differences between the first and second half because he'd come on.
1: I think Jurgen Klopp said something interesting afterwards where he basically kind of suggested that how on earth could they score, or nearly score, win the penalty, whatever it was, they got something on a counter-attack. It says when Liverpool were winning 2-0, there's no way that any team should get caught on a counter attack when they're winning, 2-0, especially away from home. He basically kind of accused the players of getting a bit carried away and thinking, perhaps they were thinking, oh, this could be another 6-1 here, and they're just going off to go and get some more goals instead of playing it far more intelligently, just taking a step back, making sure that Southampton didn't get any momentum, and maybe that's why Liverpool are ninth in the table, or missing out on the top four, because they don't... You might have talented players, but they don't have it in
0: the, up in the brain. But well, they make i mean—he's constantly gone on about decision making, uh, Christian. And actually, if you look back to the six-one game that Doherty refers to there in the quarter final of the Capital One, Liverpool were clinical that night. I think they had seven shots on target and scored with six. Uh, I suspect we probably had more than seven tar- shots on target on Sunday, and it was—it was that lack of a clinical edge, and we saw it in the second half, at Old Trafford as well. I mean, that game should have been put. Away far earlier than it was. Uh, for all that United needed for, you know, second half, um, and that that lack of a clinical edge is something that's cost them several times in the season for me. It's
2: infuriating as well, isn't it? Because sometimes Liverpool will look clinical. You look at like the Aston Villa game. Now I know that obviously it was Aston Villa and it doesn't count because they're not a real team anymore. But <laughs> basically, you know, a chance was coming and bang it was in. You know, every chance picking up the ball, bang it's in. And, and before you know it, Liverpool are four, five nil up, and, and, and they haven't really tested the goalkeeper because they, they they've got they've put it past them every single time. So they go from they go from looking really clinical to to really uh, really poor in front of goal. And you know, at the end of the day, you've got Daniel Sturridge there, who is meant to be Liverpool's number one striker. But even he at the moment is struggling a little bit with, with, with that, that accuracy in front of goal. Now you know, I'm not putting it on him for example, but. He's missed chances. He snatched the chances that you wouldn't expect him to. I think there was that one where he should just pass it to Allen, but he but he goes for goal himself. And you know, it's it's in the team that there's a lot of players who are, who are performing a really good function. But studies aside and Cassini, in flashes, there's no one who, one on one with the goalkeeper, you're putting your house on them scoring. For me, I no, was getting towards that a little bit more. Um, not not at the start of the season, and not even under. Jordan started his uh, time under Klopp, but you know he's he's really starting to become critical. You look at the way he finished that chance against Man United at Anfield. Easy chance, yes, but he, he's finished it well. He's got a pass to pass the hair. But apart from that, you're looking at like Lalana, you're looking at um, I mean Emery Chan, you're looking at Joe Allen. Players like this, they, they they're not really goal scorers, are they? And I think that's something that the Klopp will want to address because they create the chances. I remember um, you know Ian said a couple of times about how you know it's not necessarily about the finishing the chances it's about the taking the wrong pass or it's not the final ball the one ball away from from being a really good team that sort of vibe but you know at the end of, at the end of the day if they're if they're in front of the goal you, you'd expect a little bit more um, certainly from Sturridge and certainly from a couple of others as well you know there's no there's no ten goaler, Season man,
1: but apart from studying that team, which is precisely why, if you've got a team that everybody knows isn't quite as ruthless, when you go two 0 up, that's when you should go. Oh, hang on a minute, let's just try and protect this a little bit. Yeah, they were guilty. They were guilty of just going off and let's score another couple. Let's see whether we can put this one to bed. I mean, rather than is, just holding on to the it. The thing is, they've, they've scored more goals than most teams since the turn of the year.
2: I think it's only Everton and, and, and Tottenham that, that, that have uh, scored more goals than them since the turn of the year. So obviously the are score and the creating chances, but you know, you, you just think if the if the was scoring a couple more then
1: a couple of those draws might turn into wins, a couple of those defeats might turn into draws. Well that's I mean they have the five four at Norwich as well. So yeah. it's not as if this is anything new. Well
0: do we think the absence I mean some people point the absence obviously Milner suspended, um, Henderson not well enough to start, albeit he was I think he was about to come on whenever the, the equaliser went in and he changed his mind. Um was that Sort of That obviously took out two of the more experienced players. Um, some people thought that made a difference, but to be honest, in my mind, a Liverpool team with Milner and Henderson in it has been just as capable of giving away that sort of a lead as a team without them. I'm not sure it was that crucial myself. What about yourself, Dolly? Well,
1: again, you just mentioned then that the pair of them played against Norwich, where Liverpool went ahead. I think it was twice and gave it away twice and managed to get away with it that day but they didn't get away with
0: it against Southampton because you know, Southampton are a better team than Norwich. Um, Christian mentioned Adam Lalana there. and uh, he's in. You were on ratings down on uh, on the south coast on Sunday, Doily. Lalana was your top scorer uh, from memory. He's in a fabulous... I mean, his feet are doing some amazing things at the minute. Um, fabulous, rich vein of form. I've still got this thing where as soon as Lalana gets the ball, he's looking for somebody else to give the ball to to sort of do the the absolutely crucial thing. And actually, if he took it upon himself more to, you know, have the sort of shot he had against Man City for all, that it was a really strange goal. And Joe Hart, everyone was wondering what on earth is he doing. But that if he actually, if his first thought when he got the ball in the type of areas he gets the ball was, I can do something, maybe beat a man, get a shot in or whatever, that maybe he'd be providing more of what we want from him apart from just from that, you know, we know Klopp loves his press and then everything else, but uh, he can still do more, I think, can't he?
1: I think so. I mean, I know the manager said after when he scored the goal against Man City, he got asked you know, about the goal and he says, well, look what happens when you have a shot. He couldn't believe he'd had a shot because he saw the replay of him. He couldn't quite believe it had gone in. He made a joke of it being it's because he had a shot. He doesn't he doesn't shoot enough, but I'll take your point. I think he needs a bit more of an end product. That goes back to what Christine was saying before about there's no player in there where you think about from storage, he's going to get 10 goals. I mean, to score that many goals, you need to have 20, 30, 40 shots, and you can't really see Lallana having that many during the course
0: of the season. Well, where are we up to now? We've got Firmino's on... Coutinho's on nine now, is he, I think, for I think the so, season? Yeah. And, uh, and that's nine, I think, in 32 games. I, I think I looked this up the other day, and his previous best was eight last year in 52 games. So, and He's been injured, obviously, with shows in that number of games. So Coutinho's up in his return. And Firmino looks to me like a player who'll only start to score more the more he settles in. He could
2: be a twenty-goal season man. Yeah. I genuinely believe that. I think I think the comparisons with Suarez, you know, they're very very premature at the moment. Um, but I can see what where people are coming from in terms of development because he he's so much better than when he first came. And obviously, you know, you've got to give him a chance with uh, you know to adapt to a league and a and a team. And then he's been he obviously cracked a bone in his back when he came back was a different manager in charge so that, that period of adaptation is, was always going to happen but the way he's now looking like the player he was at Hoffenheim in fact better than the player he was at Hoffenheim in that season when he got was 16 he was one of the top four scorers in the Bundesliga so I think he's is he in double, he's not in double figures quite yet
0: He's on nine as well I think isn't he he's Rio, on nine, nine, yeah.
2: but he's, he's, he's looking to become one of the, the few players I think since the Premier League began so to get double figures in both um, Goals and assists—it's rarer than you think. Um, obviously, Suarez did it for Liverpool in 20, um, 2014 but the, the way he, the, the way he's improving and the, and the way he seems a lot more comfortable in uh, with Klopp's style he presses from the fronts, and, and as I say, he's getting a bit of a dead eye in front of goal. I, I can see him being that that twenty goal a season man, but it, you know, it, it's it's there's a lot there's a long way to go. The problem is that of all the goals he's ever scored, they don't come when Daniel Sturridge is on the pitch.
0: Yeah, they, ne- they never, never happened, does he's, it?
2: Never, he's never, ever scored when he's been on the pitch, so this is, this is obviously a, an issue for, for the club to, uh, to solve.
0: Dordie, where does Sunday leave us? I mean, a win would have put us four points behind City with a game in hand, and you're, you're right in it then, aren't you? I mean, we're now seven back with a game in hand, and the problem is there's a lot of teams between Liverpool and that forward. It's not where well, you're you're trying to just play catch-up on one team, aren't you? You're relying on... Several teams dropping points, uh, and of course we've got a tough game coming up, haven't we? Uh, when we finally do get back to action, Spurs at Anfield, uh, and of Spurs who will be absolutely, you know, desperate to win the game. Um, I mean that that sort of game Liverpool have tended to do relatively well in um, over the you know the last couple of years. So it should be a great game. But for you, is it keep going for fourth, or is it? Put everything into the Europa basket, or we can. can we do both now? Because the you know the games are starting to thin out a wee bit.
1: Yeah, I think it's just keep going full stop. I mean, seven points, but it's five teams and it's only nine games. So realistically, they're not unless they win all the games, which is probably not going to happen because they haven't even moved four in a row, let alone nine this season. So that's probably not going to happen. I mean, top four, forget about that. Europa League, I think mean, they just have to keep on going because you know, as we've mentioned several times this season, that there's going to be players playing for the futures. And the only way they're going to do that is by doing something on the pitch in the last nine games. So there's no sense that they're going to be dropping off. There will be some changes. And I think perhaps, I think it's the Stoke games in between the, the two Dortmund legs. I think that's right. I think that's the one game where Klopp might go, well, I might change the team around. Because if you can't do it against Stoke at home, who, who can
0: you do it against? Could give them a little advantage, that. Because I think I saw someone on social media say that um, Dortmund's game in between the two Liverpool games is Schalke. their big Ruhr derby Darby, against yeah. uh, Schalke, which. That there's no chance there'll be uh, resting players no. for so potentially that could if if Liverpool can come back from from Dortmund with a reasonable result it could give them a little bit of an edge.
2: Dortmund's still in the title race as well. I know. It, I know. It's you know we all know Bayern are almost certain to win the, the Bundesliga. But they're only five points behind. Dortmund. Um, Bayern haven't looked exactly brilliant since Pep said he was off to to Man City. It's not. It's not an insurmountable lead. Um, so you know they're definitely not going to be resting any any sort of players, let alone in a in a massive derby against the hated rivals. So you know it, it, the Dortmund game is certainly an opportunity for Liverpool, where the especially with Stoke at home. You know Stoke. I mean bubble at the there's moment, albeit with a couple of games played extra. But
0: there's other reasons, isn't there? Like in terms of you don't even if you can't get fourth. You know, there's value in, in, in fifth and sixth in terms of likely to be, you know, for Europa spots. Yeah, also uh, that's when
1: you're trying to sign players if you go, Oh, we finished sixth last year rather than oh, we finished ninth. You know, yeah. whether we like it or not, some some of these players from certainly from abroad will look at that and go, Oh, I don't want to join them. You know, ninth. I mean, if they win the Europa League, fine, but anything else and you finish in ninth, tenth, eighth, doesn't look as good as finishing fifth and just missing out on the top four
0: spots. Ninth of course would be their worst ever, wouldn't it? In terms of since they came back since up, they came back up in uh, the yeah. Run. So, um, yeah, th- and there's also a million quid per position. I think now football terms. I know a million quid is not what a million quid is to most of us, but it's still another more money that can be put into the pot for players and and everything else, and potentially somehow return to the fans with uh, reasonably priced yes, so, yeah. tickets. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, other stuff to discuss then uh, Flano had the armband on Sunday I um, have to say I was I was surprised not because I don't think that he potentially could be a future Liverpool captain but because A, I thought there was a reasonable amount of pressure on him having signed his new contract a couple of days before and he'd been wanting to impress and I just wondered whether throwing the captaincy at him as well was a wee bit too much um, for all that I'm sure he was absolutely delighted Um and you had the likes of Sacco, Mignolet, um, you know, even Sturridge—potentially, so you know, sort of senior players on the pitch who maybe you might have thought had the potential to take the armband ahead of you know young lad who's just coming back into the team. Um, any thoughts?
2: I just think it—I think it was a one-off, wasn't it? It was—it was a bit of a, a bit of a strange game when both the captain and the vice captain. I mean, that's happened before, obviously. With, you know, with Henderson and Milner both out. I just think it was a, a, a reward and a way to show people that you know he, he hasn't got his contract because he's a scouter or because he's you know because he's John Flanagan. He's got he's got this because he trusts him as a player and as a communicator. And The one thing I will say, maybe not f- before the Southampton game, is that you know Flanagan when he was in the defence, he's a talker, he's a communicator. He, he's telling people where to go. He's talking to people, and that that, that can be quite important. It doesn't matter as voice of scouts. It's just the fact that he's quite vocal in general. Uh, so, it's. I, I don't think it'll happen again. It certainly won't happen in the short term, anyway. Um, that 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 situation of, of no Henderson, no Milner. You know, I think if 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 Liverpool goes to Dortmund without those two, I think Sacco's getting the armband or Lovren's getting the armband or someone like that. Is, you know, there. I don't think. Well, sorry, you couldn't anyway because he's not the upper League. But you take my point there. Yeah. Um. You know, he's not. They, they. It wouldn't be going to John Flanagan. Um. For the foreseeable. But, I think it's just the way of sort of saying, you know, we, we back you here, we give you the contract. That less the pressure, more just, you know, we're going to pass on the backside and go, you know, we're, we're, we're proud of you here, we've given you the new contract and, and this is, you know, let's let's crown off your week. I mean, at half-time you're saying it's a masterstroke because what a week he's had. Yeah. Uh, you know, new contract and then captain of the team, that's absolutely obliterated his arms. But sadly it wasn't to be.
0: You talk about contracts there. and we, Ian, where do you think the manager is in terms of, his views on players and and whether they are players that he wants to stay at the club after the end of the season. I mean, he spoke even just a few weeks ago that he still hadn't, I think it was in the run-up to the final, the run-up to the Man City final. He was talking about how he'd seen a lot more, obviously, of the players in the five months he'd been here, but he seemed to be suggesting he still needed to see more. Um, how crystallised do you think his thoughts are in terms of, at least in terms of the players, he doesn't think he'll want. Um, our view from the cop today, Carl Clemente from LFC History, has given us a list of 15 players he uh, he would like. And it you know, seems a, a bit to leave. <laughs> to leave. Um, if you go through that list, I mean, there's there's names on there that people would, you know, potentially question. Obviously, the Benteke's et cetera, which is you know. I think some people would want him to stay, some to go. But there's quite a lot on there where I think uh, a Milner, for instance, you know, I think a lot of people would want to see him stay, and he, he's on the list he, he puts forward. But there's a, lot, there's a lot on there that probably a reasonable number of reasonable people would think, yeah, they've had their chance and it's time to show them the door. Are you expecting a relatively large exodus?
1: I'd imagine that, in answer to your first question, I imagine that the manager's made his mind up about 95% of them. I think you're not going to learn too much over the last... 8 or 9 games because even if say somebody who he doesn't want in the future ends up doing something brilliant and they win the Europa League I don't think he'll particularly keep hold of them because if he trusts them you know, if if he trusts them now they want to keep hold of them I don't think they'll probably yeah, get it like he he to, possibly, do, look, he he to do, look, Yeah, look yeah. you know that's awesome. and
0: fans always think there's a grand plan in the manager's head I mean my feeling is a lot of times they have to be fluid and be able to adapt the plan well, Particularly know, in terms of who you're going to get. Well, you you know if look what happened with
1: the Balotelli situation. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. A, the prime example of it where it doesn't work.
0: Let's hope we adapt a bit better than yeah. we did in that situation. But it is, I mean, he won't know for sure, I wouldn't have thought, on a lot of players whether he'll definitely be able to secure them for next season. And therefore, the player he might be looking to replace, he's got to keep an open mind on him as well. Because if, if he can't get... The person he thinks is is better, then you might end up you know having and to stick.
1: The, the other complication on top of that is what happens if some player turns around and says, nah, I don't want to be here anymore." It's somebody who's counted on. So you're right to say that it's always fluid. But I think in a perfect world, he will have sorted in his brain nearly all of who he wants to stay and who he wants to go.
0: Well, he's very clear on if anyone comes to him and says they're not fully committed to Liverpool, he's going to sell them in the summer. He's not going to fight to. You can't build
2: on shaky foundations. You, you, Ian Klopp needs to know where he's going with the squad, you
0: know, and he's finally got the chance to do it in the summer. Also in the summer, we had some details about the summer tour to the West Coast of America, which had been well-trailed for several months. Um, looks like it'll be a bit of a shorter tour this year. Um, we've been known for them to be away for three weeks. Looks like they can get it all done in about nine or ten days this time. A couple of glamour games, and obviously the biggest of them all... We're not sure where that'll be, albeit in Europe. do so, you want it to be Dublin, please. <laughs> flight is booked. Um, there's the uh, this game on August the sixth against Barcelona, and that's obviously going to be a reunion with uh, with Suarez, and uh, that's going to be an occasion, isn't it? You know what thought?
1: It will be. It will be. No matter where it is. I mean, we all have our own opinions on where it could be. You know, I, I I still think it might be Anfield, but you know others don't agree. But you want it to be Dublin, Christian? Where would you like it to be beside your back garden?
0: Um, My biggest Christian's back. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, oh, where
1: would
2: I like it to be? Uh, somewhere where work will send me. Um, so, nowhere. nowhere yeah. Yeah. <laughs> St. Helens Langtree Park. <laughs> no, all all nice. <laughs> no, I mean, if they're going to do it in Europe, I mean, you've, you've got to go. for. for, for uh, do you know where it would be good? Cardiff. Yeah, oh, Millennium yeah. Stadium, that yeah, would yeah, be good. That would yeah. be, be good. It's big enough to help. Ha- they don't call um, it that anymore, do they? Yeah, it's the Vitality Stadium, isn't it? But I, uh, Is when, it, Yeah, that's Cardiff City Stadium. That one as well, apparently. I'm not uh, sure what they call it, but it's definitely right. not other, the Millennium. Other life insurance is available, <laughs> uh, and we'd we, recommend it. But, but Wembley, you know, that that will be a bit interesting. Although there is the the Shield, yeah, sorry, Community, Community Shield, uh, that weekend as well. Now, I know they do for the playoffs, but uh, you know, this is a bit different. This is like a glamour fix yet. But Liverpool have been there, could it be the Olympic Stadium. I think I text you that. West Ham's home ground. West Ham's home. I don't
1: know though. You know, it's, it's, all, about, it's all about funding, isn't
2: it? I don't, it, I don't know. Are Celtic playing one of those at at, at, at Dublin, yeah, in Dublin. I thought playing. they were playing one at Celtic, weren't they? No, no, they're playing. No, they're playing in Dublin. All oh, right. So who basically who knows? And I know you come to this podcast yeah. to be informed, but we don't have yeah. know. The what was with the question you. again? Sorry, I've forgotten. <laughs> other than other than that, the
0: the pre season. but that I wonder whether how much Jurgen Klopp's had to say in terms of. Making that tour a bit shorter than it is normally. I don't think he's a massive was, fan of I mean, them. It
2: was, it was a slog. I, I went over with Percy two years ago with him. Um, I remember there was the penalty shoes I was against Man City and the shoes I didn't even see wanted to win because it meant that the tour was extended. Um, yeah, they went off to Florida. They didn't went they? off to Florida, um, which was obviously replicated by Yaya Touré's penalty, which was just hit straight at Simon Mignolet. Um, you know, it was basically. You know, it was just that. Everybody playing, wanted to every, come everyone, home, didn't they? To come home. We want to come home. They want to come home. Everyone wants to come home. Um, you know, obviously you've got to fulfil this, and it's absolutely fantastic over in America. The support is superb, and the people are so warm and friendly. Um, and, and you know, the, the conditions you, you get put through your paces there. You know, it, it is so warm, and and it will get the players fit most certainly. But it is a long time, and and with Klopp is still, you know, he's still in the sort of the the, the sparring phase with, with with the squad, and you know. I'm pretty sure he'd rather be back at Melwood where he knows everything and he knows how everything is, how he wants it to be. Um, You know, bear in mind as well, obviously, he's open in California. You know, I don't know what's happening with Boston, if if they're going to head over there or whatnot. But with California, they've been used to playing at Harvard and they've got a nice little situation there. But California's on the other side of the the country. You know, will the training facilities be to to his taste? Who knows? So the shorter the better, I think, in in that sense.
0: Yeah, and he's. He's popped off to Tenerife for a bit of training this week. Uh, uh, it is very nice. If you waited a couple of weeks, I could have joined him. But, um, I mean, most of the players who've gone, it's the non-internationals. The rest have gone away, obviously, on international duty. Uh, it's it's the non-international plus a lot of the academy lads. And um, it strikes me that it's probably it's those younger lads for whom the trip is the most important in the sense that it's a... It's it's a rather than like uh, you know a half day up at Melwood on a Thursday or whatever day they have the uh, you know the uh, elite p- uh, lads from the academy up there that they're getting a, most of the week to impress the manager and show him what they're about and, and what they can do.
1: It's funny to think it was only like six weeks ago that we were talking about them all because they were still in the FA Cup, you know, the likes of Kevin Stewart and all those were involved and and, and but now it's they've just because the Owners is now on the on the first team. They don't seem to get much of a look. And I know Ojo was on the bench uh, on Sunday. He came on. He came on. came yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I was there. I remember that. <laughs> he came on. Um not sure he got much of a touch, to be honest. But, you know, you're right to say that it's... it's but the youngsters, I mean, it's important for them, but it's equally as important for the first team players because they will the ones that are involved, you know... Moreno, it's Moreno. Ball, Moreno's know. over there. He seems to have recovered from injury yeah. Yeah, so he's somebody who needs to get fit. And there's, there's one or two others because they're more likely to be featuring in the last couple of weeks than any of the youngsters. To be honest.
0: Okay. Um, cool. We uh, we look ahead then to Spurs uh, when we finally get another game. And um, if if Liverpool could win that game, it would it 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 would give us sick
1: of winning
0: the league, which is what we all want. <laughs> well, well I do anyway. Yes, Christian is
1: very silent on this matter. Do you want Leicester to
2: win the league yes uh, or no? that's I no. do. Yeah. I, between Leicester and Spurs, yeah, I'd rather
1: Leicester yeah.
0: win the league. Andy. Um, well, I think I think Spurs will win the league just because I, I think they've been the, I think they've been the most consistent team I've, I've seen this year. I think that's dangerous for Liverpool. Like um, but so. uh, but I actually think a team like Spurs will will come and play the sort of game that will give Liverpool. Opportunities, and if we can actually finish them, I think there's there's a there's a chance of a really really good three points there. But one thing you you could almost guarantee is that Spurs will be scoring. I mean, they just you know they they have players who know how to how to create and finish chances. And but it has the, all the makings of a of a cracking game, which is just what we'll need after two weeks of Roy Hodgson football. Uh,
1: true. I mean, there's a lot of there's been a lot of three twos in that game. What's the score last year? Was it 3 2 at Anfield? Yeah, yeah 3 2 the couple of seasons before that, I think it was as well, yeah, in the title
0: challenge.
2: Though, so of course, no, goal. was 4 it was 4 0 yeah. 3 2 when Suarez <laughs> scored first and Gerard scored. But no, th- th- there should be a lot of goals, shouldn't there? Although the, the first but game was 0 0. 0 Klopp's
0: yeah. first game, and obviously Liverpool ran a lot an, an incredible amount that day, didn't they? So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see the development, where the team's gone to from that game to. To this one up at Anfield uh, but anyway um, I think we've covered most of the issues uh, we're going to have to leave you in the hands of international football for the next week or so and thankfully back to Anfield for proper football uh, on Saturday week uh, this has been your Liverpool FC podcast thanks for listening ta